0: Up next on the season finale of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska.
1: Shoved the buckets down, pulled them out with a rope, and poured the poo into the bird cage thing, and then poured water all over it, shoving it around, looking for the tooth.
0: Puck Clark's mom makes her kids do the grossest archeological hunt in history, and Ryan Peterson discovers some Mother's Day gifts just won't stop giving every year on Mother's Day. I take a picture of it and I send it to my wife. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day 2023. Up next on Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, I'm Rob Prince. Well, spring has finally sprung in Fairbanks, albeit super duper late this year. Breakup wasn't so rough this year. The trees are leafing out and the mosquitoes seem even more excited to see us again. It's become a bit of a tradition to make our Dark Winter Nights season finale episodes about Alaskan mothers, as our season always ends roughly around Mother's Day, and we've shared some pretty hilarious stories about what moms are like up here in Alaska. Today, however, takes the cake. (laughs) And it may be the last time we can do a show dedicated to Alaskan mothers, because I can't imagine anything beating today's story. But Clark grew up in Alaska in an entirely unconventional household, more or less supervised by her mom, Madge Clark. After you hear about what her childhood was like, you'll be amazed to know that Putt is actually super well-adjusted to society in spite of, or maybe because of, her wild childhood. I interviewed her about her experiences growing up as the daughter of Madge Clark at our November 2022 live event in Fairbanks. Here's Putt. All right, Putt. So um, your story begins in 1967. What happened in 1967?
1: So I was born. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) And I was born to a very large and strong woman, Madge Clark.
0: All right.
1: (laughs) And this was in Petersburg, Alaska, and my mom She used to like to get out on the beach with her good drinking buddy friend, Neva, and the two of them would each pack their own personal jugs, gallon jugs of wine, and get out on the beach and turn us kids loose. My brother, who's four and a half years older than me, and then I was just a baby, and so I'd go out crawling around, making buzzing sounds, and Neva, who was wise and inebriated, she pointed out to my mom, she said, you know, Madge, she's really not an Elizabeth. You should call her Putt. And mom thought that was a pretty good idea. So it stuck.
0: Because of motors, like outboard Motors is what you were named after? They're yes. always going put, 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 put. The outboard
1: putt. motors make that buzzing sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> and who all was in your, your family? You, so you had your brother, and then you also had your dad, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, my brother and my, well, so at some point my mom decided okay, that's it. Leaving dad, and she was going to move north to Fairbanks. And so she wanted to go back to school. She had her English degree and she wanted to get her teaching certificate. So she enrolled at UAF. And in the move up here, we were pretty broke. We were living in the tailings off of Gold Hill by Parks Highway. And we lived in there in a tent until into October. And she finally found this little place off of Gold Hill. And it was a shabin. Um,
0: <laughs> for those of us who don't know what a shabin is, what, yeah, so, how would you define that?
1: Yeah, a Wanagan trailer or a Wanagan shack attached to a, an Airstream trailer. And that became our home for the next 13 years. And of course it was a dry, a dry cabin or a dry shabin.
0: Was it dry or did it leak too?
1: Oh, well, there were leaks too. Okay, but it was yeah. dry in
0: the sense that you didn't have running water. <laughs> And then so she she went on to teach at West Valley and was very well liked there. But she still continued some of her, um, you might say, eccentric ways while, while she was here, right?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that she really enjoyed doing was feeding a moose. There was a moose that came around our property. And this was the 70s. There were no ordinances about feeding moose or anything like that. And this little moose who was orphaned was missing an eye. Um, She was feeding it, and um, at some point, this was not much after we'd moved up here, so like 69, she was out driving, doing some last minute Christmas shopping, and she went through a yellow red light, just slid right through the intersection, and a cop stopped her and gave her a ticket. And she ended up going to the magistrate, and saying, well, I can't pay this, and can I just work it off? And they said, sure, work at the nursing home, but they didn't keep track of her hours, so she ended up going back to the magistrate and saying, well, can I do community service by just feeding this moose? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what she did.
0: <laughs> so you just had a like, I mean, wild moose hanging around your property all the time. What was that like?
1: Terrifying. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, she was everywhere. You know, when you're a kid. Well,
0: what was the so the moose had a name, right? It was it was a female. What was her name again? Dulcinea. Dulcinea. Yeah. All right.
1: Dulcinea, named after the uh, sweet girl in um, the novel Don Quixote. So, yeah. But she was far
0: from sweet, unfortunately. She
1: was far from sweet. Yeah, she was a little bit ornery. Um, There was one time, mom was out carving up vegetables for the moose, and she had this carrot in her hand. Everything's frozen, because everything came to Fairbanks frozen at that time. And she's out there carving it up, and the moose gets impatient, starts stamping her feet, and she lifts up one of her hoofs and lets it drop on Mom's head. (laughs) And Mom, she wasn't going to take that. (laughs) Like I said, she was a large and strong woman. So she just whacked the moose across the face. (laughs) And the moose jumped back, because she realized who the alpha moose was at that point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I understand your mom also had a bit of a a green thumb.
1: Yes, yes. She liked to grow a garden. Um, She did like to also supplement what she grew in the garden. She grew weed. (laughs)
0: Like the other kind.
1: Yes, yeah, not weeds, but but,
0: but weed. she didn't particularly partake herself right she was why was she growing it if she wasn't enjoying it?
1: um, she did it to th- thumb her nose at the government. It was kind of an attitude issue
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was right, wasn't she yeah. proven right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so she had her big section of the garden that was you know she was growing pot, and at some point she took my brother under the fold, too. And the two of them were growing pot in the garden.
0: It's important to share <laughs> hobbies with your children. <laughs> <laughs> it makes permanent memories. And then, but she, she never used it, so what did she do with it?
1: She gave it away to her friends. So yeah. is
0: like Christmas presents and stuff, right? Yeah, Christmas
1: right? presents.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then she also had an interesting way about gardening. It wasn't just what she grew. It was how she grew it, right? How
1: she grew it, yeah. There, she would, became kind of a, a main stop, apparently, at some point for the tour buses. There were tour buses that went up the old road, and which was called Old Nana at that time. And she would be outside gardening naked. <laughs> and she was, like I said, a rather large woman, so she was quite a sight. <laughs>
0: One of my favorite stories about your mom, which I feel like is just very Alaskan, is when they paved Gold Hill Road. She had a problem with that because it was gravel. What what was her problem with, with that?
1: Yeah, people started driving way too fast, and she didn't like it. And being the antagonistic kind of person she was, she called up D.O.T. and said, you gotta do something about this. Put up some speed signs, something. A
0: child might get hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) That would be bad. And we
1: were always out running around in the road, too. You know? Yeah, okay. yeah, so But DOT she,
0: wasn't helping, no, they at weren't least helping. not to her satisfaction. No,
1: no. And so she called them up and threatened them, you know, that chip seal is pretty pliant. I've found that we can roll it right up, <laughs> just like a rug. And we'll just roll up your road and get rid of it. And they got pretty upset about that. They said, no, 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 we'll take care of it, which they never did. So finally, mom got a gang of friends And us, and we all went out at some midnight hour and stole some signs from elsewhere. Some speed signs. Some speed signs. Yeah. It just
0: rehomed some street signs. Rehomed some
1: speed signs, except one of them was one number and the other was a different number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, it was like 40 going one way but 35 coming back?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: People are like, why does it always take me so much longer to get home? what am i doing wrong (laughs) we'll be back in a moment with more stories from putt clark this is dark winter nights true stories from alaska i'm rob prince i know i'm a broken record about this but dark winter nights is only as good as the stories we can share so i'd like to nudge you again to share your true story from alaska with us it's super easy there's a simple story submission form on our website DarkWinterNights.com. If you just get us your name and contact information or the information about a friend with a great story, if you want to turn them in, we'll get back to you. Thanks so much for helping us share the real Alaska with the world. When we left my interview with Putt Clark, she had just told us about how her mom had taken things into her own hands and rehomed non-matching speed limit signs to the road by their house to slow down people speeding on the newly paved road. But it gets even nuttier than that. Here's more of my interview with Putt from our November 2022 live event in Fairbanks. She was known for um, her own special sort of brew, right? She had a a special mix. Yeah. She was sort of a mixologist before that was a thing. Yeah,
1: a mixologist. Yeah, she loved people. She loved parties. She loved just having a big event and... Two of her favorite parties were the solstice parties, but her most favorite was the Christmas party, the winter solstice. And her favorite brew to whip up for everybody was something called Stump Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty terrible concoction of many spirits, a little orange juice, but the ins- essential ingredient was Everclear.
0: <laughs> I grew up a good Christian boy. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I assume that's, <laughs> I assume that's strong stuff. Okay. Anyway, so um, this was effective to the point where um, you had a pretty exciting Christmas.
1: One Christmas in particular, Mom had whipped up her batch of stump splitter for the party, and people had the tendency to leave the party and end up in ditches and... Actually, we'd wake up and... In... That's not
0: funny, people. That's a serious thing. <laughs> you
1: know? And we'd wake up some mornings and there'd be a whole fleet of people that are sleeping on the floor. You know, there was just there was a lot of action going on. But this one night, her friend Dave, he w- he'd had too much stump splitter. Oh, and one of the details I, for- I forgot to mention is that my mom had a tradition of lighting candles on the tree. Which we continue to do.
0: Awesome combination.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and it was. Sounds like a recipe for something fun.
1: Yeah, we tended to have a forest of trees. Mom liked to go out and get the black spruce, and I think those things are probably especially flammable. You know, I don't know. But anyway, Dave. He'd been wobbling around, had too much stump splitter, and sure enough, he fell into the lit tree.
0: (laughs) And he Now, that is funny. You can laugh at that. There's nothing (laughs) wrong with that.
1: It's okay. It was just Dave. He's all
0: right. He's he's fine. (laughs) It's
1: just Dave. It's just Dave. So, yeah, his arm caught fire. But he was, fortunately, he was drunk enough that he just fell. And. He rolled around, and the fire got <laughs> extinguished. People threw their stump splitter on him. <laughs> and so Dave was fine, but Mom realized after that that she really needed to keep an, a, a fire extinguisher nearby. And so... <laughs> All
0: right, and then um, to, to wrap up here with what is... Um, yeah, your, your mom sort of had a, a problem with her own concoction. It came, came back to haunt her, the stump splitter on one. a particular evening, right?
1: Yeah, that was a summer solstice party, and it was mom had had just a wild time the night before and drank way too much stump splitter. And that following morning, she was nursing a terrible hangover, and our father was visiting us from Nome, and he was being a very dutiful, good, helpful ex-husband and helping her out with that by taking all those buckets of barf out to the outhouse. Oh. And you just do bucket after bucket. Oh, take that bucket out. And at some point, mom, she came out of her stupor and she was feeling around in her mouth and was like, uh, where's my false tooth? Oh. And Dad was like, well, I don't know. I've just been dumping these buckets of barf out in the outhouse. (laughs) And she realized what had happened. Oh, my gosh. There was no way she was going to go out and buy a new one. That's way too much money. So,
0: And she couldn't live without it because...
1: It was right. It in was front. right one
0: of the front ones that people judge you a little bit on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they call it the social sixteen. Have you heard about that? <laughs> you gotta have all sixteen. Sorry.
1: And she already had a sizable gap, so between her front teeth, so that yeah, it was too much. So there was no other way about it. We were gonna have to go out there and get that tooth. So she enlisted us, and I, I don't remember if there were other people, but she probably hauled some other people in on the job, too. And, you know, come on in for a fun, rousing time of looking for the tooth down the outhouse. <laughs> and so we had... Mom had kept birds, and she had a birdcage that had, like, this metal mesh on the bottom. And we got buckets, and we got jugs of water and shovels. And I don't know how we managed to scoop the poop out of there, but we shoved the buckets down, maybe with shovels, pulled them out with a rope, and poured the poo into the bird cage thing, and then poured water all over it, shoving it around, looking for the tooth. And it was surprising how far down that tooth went.
0: And, yeah, and you're, like, about seven or eight years old at the time. Yeah. And this doesn't seem, it just didn't strike you as a a particularly odd thing. No. No. No,
1: it it seemed perfectly normal. It's
0: just like archaeology. Like, this is how they find dinosaur teeth. (laughs) This is how they find human teeth, too. I remember you saying that you were surprised by um, the life at the bottom of the... Um outhouse. Could you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, that was kinda of surprising. Uh as we dug down and the walls were getting revealed on the sides of the outhouse, you could see all these squiggly little larvae nesting all around the outhouse.
0: Yeah. And you were scooping them up too?
1: Yeah, that well inevitably they were coming up too.
0: So you're like filtering through
1: larvae and,
0: and and <laughs> maggots. All right, if there are any kids here, the next time your parents ask you to do a chore, and you're like, I don't want to. But we're all, I'm sure, on the edges of our seats now already. Want to know, did you find the tooth? Yes. Yeah, all right. And did she use it again?
1: She did. (laughs) I don't know what she did to sterilize it, or if she did, actually. But she wore that tooth until the day she died.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so I'd like to end this with, um, you know, what... Because when I met you, I was like, you seem extremely normal, considering... (laughs) The more I heard about you, I was like, why, what? So how do you feel like, do you see ways that your mom has shaped who you are today?
1: Um, I really learned how to keep my head down. <laughs> I think that probably going through all of that made me realize, like, you know, yeah, there's some parts of her that I really appreciate that I see in myself, a certain rebelliousness. And maybe being contrary, and ironically, the rebellion backfired on her because at some point I was deciding, "That's it, I'm gonna be a square. I'll show you."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then I finally grew out of that, and, and I learned how to party. So. <laughs> All
2: right.
0: And is your is your mom still with us, or what? No, she okay.
1: passed away in '94, and. We were all gathered around, my brother, his wife, and my newlywed husband, and she was taking her final breaths, and suddenly I was seized with this urge to communicate with her some important information, and this probably comes from a shared, irreverent sense of humor. But I had to let her know that her tooth, that we were going to throw it down the outhouse hole for her.
0: (laughs) Putt Clark, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Wonderful job. I'll take take that. Putt Clark. She shared those stories at our November 2022 live event in Fairbanks. Have you ever struggled with finding the perfect gift for your mother on Mother's Day that she'll never forget? Well, Ryan Peterson discovered that some Mother's Day gifts are so eternal that not only does the mother never forget it, but nobody in the neighborhood ever forgets it either. (laughs) I interviewed Dark Winter Nights director and co-creator Ryan Peterson about a Mother's Day gift that has endured the test of time and lots of scrubbing. Ryan, remind me when you moved into your new house. It was like f- six years ago, five years ago? It's no, been... it was 2020. Only oh, like three years ago? Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. So it's only three years now that you have never invited me over to your house correct because it started during covid i actually have invited you over. okay you've never invited me inside your house (laughs) (laughs) it started with covid and then you guys like even though the government's like covid's not a thing anymore you're like not in my house it's (laughs) it's keeping things nice and quiet in here so we are observing covid (laughs) yeah pretty much but every time i would come over your house i would see an interesting message on your garage door. And honestly, the message it gave me mixed feelings about you because the message was a sort of like faded happy mother's day written on your garage door. And I'd see it and I'd think, "Well, it's really nice that Ryan presumably went through all this work to wish his wife a happy mother's day, but it's like November. Year round this thing is up." And I was like, "Why won't this lazy dude get off his butt?" It was written on with chalk. I was like, you can't be so busy that you can't wipe the Happy Mother's Day off your garage door. There's many ways to wish Happy Mother's Day, but writing on your garage door is also just kind of, I don't know. It seems kind of low class to me, to be totally honest. Well, thanks. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) I really appreciate that. Like you his know, mom? Why right out of the garage door? <laughs> <laughs> what about the garage doors? Like mom's? Like, anyway, so so, so I, then uh, I discovered that we talked about this a couple uh, months ago, I guess, and it turns out I was really wrong, and I like being really wrong. Yeah. Explain why I was really wrong.
2: <laughs> well, you were really wrong because if you if you look at what it says, uh-huh, it has a date on it. Oh, it does. The date is two thousand two. Oh. So I when, I when we were looking known. at the house yeah. before we ever bought it, I obviously saw that and was like you know how you are when, uh, like, I haven't moved in yet. We just made an offer, really excited. I'm mm-hmm. going to do all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to, you know, that someone wrote on the door in chalk. I'm going to, you know, get a, get a hose. pressure washer, yeah, and yeah. blast that mm-hmm. off, and I'm going to do this project and that project. Well, yeah. one of the first things I did was I got a pressure washer and I attempted to clean the garage door. <laughs> off. And that is when I discovered that it's not written in chalk. <laughs> I don't know what it's been, <laughs> yet, but it will not come off. It is a permanent. It's and, and so.
0: <laughs> Happy Mother's Day two thousand two. Yeah, you yeah. had to look at that every day yeah. you come home. Right. And, you know, since two
2: thousand twenty. Yeah. And Well, tw- tw- once a year, it comes in handy, because every year on Mother's Day, <laughs> I take a picture of it, and I send it to my wife. <laughs> so, you never Mother's had to worry Day. about forgetting. <laughs> so, you know, it, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I imagine, I imagine some mother who used to live in that house Mm -hmm. was surprised one day by her kid who wrote happy mother's day on the garage and was like, Oh, that's so sweet. It was so happy. And then I bet the next day tried to wash it off and was like, you little... Come on, like
0: you've kind of ruined my
2: expensive. Do you know how much these cost?
0: Just I know, like (laughs) fancy graffiti. You might as well have, you know, tagged it or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So yeah. So that um, that project didn't go off quite the way I thought it Mm -hmm. would. Uh, Then why didn't you just paint over it? See, here's the thing with this house, right, is there's a list of projects. Right. That's on the list. Well, good. But it's not high <laughs> on the list, right? So we had to do, we've had issues with the house. The house is great, mm-hmm. but there have been higher priority things like addressing the giant windows mm-hmm. and uh, because they just, in the winter you could stand next to these windows and, and feel air right. moving through. So mm-hmm. that took a lot of time. We had to get a new furnace. We had to... Well, now we have part of the roof is leaking oh. just slightly. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's fine. Right? <laughs> but so these things are a higher priority. Really? So huh. eventually, we'll get around to repainting the garage door. And on that day... I think maybe I'll take a picture of it and post it like in the Fairbanks, Alaska group Uh and be like, Hey Sarah from 2002 (laughs) just wanted to know it lasted 22 years or however long.
0: Oh my, that's
2: serious. Yeah. You know, what's funny is uh, like, I I have a coworker and I was telling her about where we moved and I was like, Oh, it's the house with Happy Mother's Day on it and she was like, Oh yeah, I know (laughs) I know exactly what's up, people no one will be able to find your house now. She she had the same she's like, I always wonder why they never cleaned that off. (laughs) Like, yeah, well (laughs) it's impossible to clean off. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've told other people, like, no, it's not chalk. I'm not, like, just super lazy. And also, it was written in 2002.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone else was lazy for 18 years
2: <laughs> before
0: I <laughs> Yeah, you're house. like, why are you giving me all this crap? i am only had it for a few <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, the record is 18. I'm just early on here. <laughs> yeah, all right. Ryan Peterson. Thanks for listening to this season finale episode of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. The Mother's Day 2023 edition. Today's episode was edited by myself, Rob Prince. Story consultation by Lori Newfeld. It's a tradition to end our seasons with the Alaska flag song, so here it is again, as performed by the Alaska Chamber Singers, led by conductor David Hagen. It's the- Remember, these are the stories we tell up here in Alaska on Dark Winter Nights. I'm Rob Prince.